Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Welcome to this week's episode of Natural MD Radio. This is Dr. Aviva Ram, and it's a pleasure to be here with you welcoming in the new year. So happy new year if you're listening to the first episode of the year. And if it's later in the year, hey, every day is a great day to start the year over and celebrate. So I'm wishing you joy and health wherever you are and whenever you're tuning in. You know, it's tempting to start the year with some kind of juicy, sexy topic like making your New Year's resolution stick. I actually do have one from last year with Gabrielle Bernstein that you can listen to. It was the first natural MD radio ever. But this month, I'd like to do something different to welcome the new year. It's Thyroid Awareness Month. And I was really thinking about that. I mean, first of all, obviously, my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, is coming out on the last day of this month, January 31st, which is available for pre-order now over at avivaram.com forward slash book bonus. But what really got me thinking about it is how many organs have a month dedicated entirely to them? Not too many, actually. So what is the big deal about the thyroid and why is it particularly so important for women? Let's just start with thyroid 101. What is the thyroid? Now, if you know, I apologize, but I can't tell you how many times I've been teaching at a conference and halfway in, someone raises their hand and says, but Dr. Ram, what is metabolism or what is my thyroid or what are my adrenals? So I never want to presuppose that any of us know what these things are and why they're important. Your thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland. A gland simply means an organ in your body that's producing and secreting hormones or some form of chemical like your lymph nodes or glands also, and those are producing and secreting immune factors. Your thyroid is located in the front of your neck, right below where your Adam's apple is in that region. And it is your primary metabolic regulator. What that means is that it is the thermostat of your body turning up and turning down your metabolic processes. Now, when we think about metabolism, we tend to think about weight. Somehow those words kind of pop into our minds with visuals maybe together. But what metabolism really is, is the efficiency and effectiveness with which your body uses energy. The thyroid though is involved in much more than just energy metabolism. It's also involved in your body's hormone metabolism, how well you're producing, using, distributing your sex hormones, for example, how well your ovaries are working. It's intimately connected with your digestive system functioning. A healthy thyroid actually helps keep your cells in your intestinal lining intact. Disruptions in the thyroid can lead to leaky gut, not just the other way around. So pretty interesting thyroid gut connection. Um, your thyroid is significantly involved in the regulation of your growth, the health of your bones, whether or not because of the hormone regulation, you can achieve and maintain a healthy pregnancy. And also it's related to heart rate function and rhythm, as well as cognitive function. So we know, for example, that women, particularly as we get into our 
middle and later years, but also in our younger years, even as young as our development in our mom's bellies and our mom's wombs, the thyroid is related to how well and effectively our brains are formed and function, our cognitive wiring, so how well we can think and process information, even our IQ, our intelligence levels as they can be measured. But also women in their 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond, when we have even slightly slow thyroid function, slow enough that it is affecting us, but not slow enough that conventional testing is registering it as slow, it can have a significant effect on our heart rate, even causing heart arrhythmias or irregular heart rhythms that can be very serious and slows our cognitive function. So even slightly low thyroid function, again, below what conventional physicians are typically measuring as slow, has been shown to lead toward dementia. And treatment even of slightly slow thyroid function has been shown to improve cognitive function, delay dementia, and prevent these serious potential heart arrhythmias. So Thyroid is especially essential for a number of functioning in our body. In addition, it regulates how much cholesterol we're using and storing. Cholesterol is stored when we have excess energy from our diets. For example, if we're getting too much fat or too much carbohydrates, our bodies store that as fat energy in the form of cholesterol. And a slow-functioning thyroid has been associated with high cholesterol. In fact, whenever I have a patient come in who has high cholesterol, and often these patients have already been put on statin and other medications for cholesterol, the first thing I do is check thyroid. And you'd be shocked at how many women have been inappropriately put on a cholesterol medication, which has its own risks and implications when really what was happening was undetected, slow functioning thyroid. Now, when a woman has slow-functioning thyroid, there are many, many symptoms that can be subtle, but can actually significantly affect the quality of life. So everything from dry skin and constipation to thinning hair or your hair falling out to not being able to think clearly, uh, what we call brain fog as kind of a, a term to encapsulate poor focus, poor concentration, poor ability to make decisions. It can affect your mood. It can cause depression and even severe anxiety. One of my friends was going through medical training and was having really severe anxiety, which isn't uncommon in medical residents. And she had two young children. So initially we just chalked her fatigue and her severe anxiety up to the fact that she was having to take exams and was in a high pressure residency and was having to leave her kids a lot, which was stressing her out. Well, guess what? Turned out her thyroid levels were off the chain for slow functioning thyroid. Similarly, my friend and colleague Isabella Wentz, the thyroid pharmacist, tells the story of how before she realized that she had Hashimoto's, normal things that she used to be able to tolerate in terms of stress, and I'm talking simple things like her husband Michael going out for a jog didn't used to cause her stress and anxiety, but if he was five minutes late, she was freaking out thinking she should call the police that maybe he got hit by a car, maybe he ran off, or maybe something horrible happened, and it turned out that this anxiety was a harbinger that she was actually having Hashimoto's. This is a common kind of story that I hear in my practice and see in my practice quite a lot. Depression also is a significant 
a symptom that women have that often goes undetected. And in fact, as many as 15 to 30% of women who are being treated for depression may actually have Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism. And so their thyroid problem is not being detected and they're being treated with antidepressant medications or aren't being treated appropriately at all when the proper treatment would be to look under the hood, figure out what's going on with their thyroid and treat the underlying root causes, which I talk extensively about in my book. My entire book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, is about identifying and reversing the root causes of thyroid problems and adrenal problems. And those two go quite hand in hand as well, which I talk about in other episodes of the Natural MD Radio. So why is thyroid function such a big issue for women particularly? Well, most thyroid dysfunction happens in women. In fact, probably 90% of all thyroid dysfunction is in women and 80% certainly of all Hashimoto's is affecting women. And additionally, the symptoms that we tend to experience like constipation and fatigue are often dismissed as just kind of normal symptoms and symptoms of depression, uh, joint pain is a common symptom of undetected hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, uh, depression and anxiety. Many of these symptoms when we go to our doctors with as women are actually dismissed as just anxiety or depression, not to minimize anxiety and depression, but they're dismissed as that rather than a medical cause being looked for, which is a historical medical bias against women. We're just, you know, I'm using air quotes here, dismissed as women with anxiety and were hypochondriacs. And so therefore are either told to kind of go home and deal with it, or were recommended an anxiety or depression medication rather than somebody saying, Hey, these symptoms are not just all in women's heads as women are so commonly told. I can't even tell you how many women come to me as patients, come up to me at conferences, write emails to me. Thousands of women tell me that for years, they struggled with these with these symptoms and were dismissed as these symptoms being overreactive, overly sensitive, or uh, all in their heads in one way or another. And you know, the way Western medicine talks about anxiety and depression, it's not looking at the root causes of those, like chronic inflammation or gut disruption or toxins or uh, Hashimoto's. All in your uh, depression and anxiety is sort of a modern euphemism for all in your head, right? And we're just told to take a medication for that instead of understanding why this can be happening, including why the anxiety and depression is happening. So we've got a medical bias that tells us that it's probably all in our heads or probably we should treat it as anxiety and depression. We also have a medical bias that minimizes even problems like bone loss, which can happen as a result of hyperthyroidism or um, the significant life impact that depression can have on us or the significant impact that a slowed metabolism and increased weight can have on our health and our risks for diabetes and chronic inflammation, but also how we feel emotionally when we're trying to lose weight because we've packed on 15 or 20 or 30 pounds in three to six months and have no idea why. And our doctors are telling us to just eat a better diet, eat less calories and exercise more, but you're already doing that and it's not helping and you don't know why and you feel alone and stuck and you're not getting answers. So all of this is much more common for women. 
Also, because our thyroids have such a central and significant impact on our hormonal function, having a slow thyroid can cause really dramatic impacts on our hormonal well-being. So women who are experiencing fertility problems and don't have a proper thyroid workup, women who are having a miscarriage or recurrent miscarriages and aren't getting a proper workup, women who are having trouble producing breast milk and are doing everything they can to produce more breast milk, but never got a proper thyroid workup, women who are having postpartum depression and anxiety and not getting a proper thyroid workup, women who are experiencing bone loss or perimenopausal symptoms who are not getting a proper workup, whether that's for their sleep or their hot flashes or any other uh, heavy bleeding and are not getting a proper thyroid workup. So the fact that thyroid impacts hormones so significantly and hormones are so central to our daily well-being, PMS, how heavy our periods are, the regularity of our periods, it's having such a huge impact and it's often going undetected. And the symptoms of thyroid problems like PMS or heavy periods or irregular periods or fertility problems are not being properly treated. We're, we're being treated with fertility medications or hormones for our periods without a proper diagnosis. And then that gets to be yet another level of why Hashimoto's or, or slow functioning thyroid or why thyroid issues in general are such a big deal for us as women. From the time we're young girls, we are taught to be seen and not heard, to be nice, to not question authority, to not make waves. And this kind of education is tacit throughout our upbringing. Boys are called on more in school than girls are. Men are heard more at meetings than women are. And in the doctor's office, women are dismissed much more than men for our symptoms. In fact, women who go to the hospital reporting chest pain are more likely to be treated with for anxiety than to be given a proper workup for a heart attack. And 5,000 women, more women a year die in hospitals than men because of this medical bias phenomenon. So this is really significant. And as women, we tend to have a difficult time speaking up for ourselves and asking for what we need and questioning authority. So when we're in the doctor's office saying, look, I'm tired and I'm more tired than usual and I'm having trouble losing weight and I've tried everything. And the doctor says, well, it's probably just anxiety or you're probably just overwhelmed because you have a young child or you're juggling too much or maybe it's anxiety or depression here. Try this with an answer at the end of a prescription pad. And even if you say you think it's your thyroid, I've had patients who have told me that their doctors rolled their eyes and said, well, where did you get your medical education, Dr. Google or Google University? So these are real phenomenon that are keeping women from getting the answers that they need in the doctor's office. And to add to the insult to injury, there are a lot of issues around thyroid health that physicians aren't being taught. For one, at least 28 million individuals, mostly women in the United States, have a diagnosed thyroid problem, diagnosed slow-functioning thyroid. And it's estimated that at least half more that number have subclinical or slow-functioning thyroid and have never been diagnosed or detected, so have no idea that this is going on. And because of the way we're taught about thyroid in our medical education, significant numbers of women with thyroid problems are being missed. The reason is that we are taught 
that women do not, or anyone does not have a thyroid problem until their TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone number reaches about 4.8 to 5. And that even between 5 and 10, you don't as a doctor need to treat. And yet we know that when you survey, when you do blood sample surveys on the average healthy population with no thyroid symptoms at all, the average number of TSH is more like between 1.5 and 2.5. We also know from numerous clinical studies that have been published that women with cognitive problems, cardiac arrhythmias, and other challenges actually do much better and have a reversal of their symptoms when treated for a much lower level TSH than 4.8 or over. Now, I am certainly not one to suggest we treat somebody based on numbers. It's always patient first, symptoms first, woman first. But what's happening is that we have an underdiagnosis of a really real problem because the predominance of doctors who are being trained are using an outdated set of lab values. So women are going in and finding out that they have, going in with all these symptoms and finding out from their doctor that their thyroid function is normal, when actually based on a more updated but not yet widely used in conventional medicine set of thyroid labs, they are being underdiagnosed and undertreated. Now, those of you who follow me know that this is a little bit antithetical to most of what I say, for most conditions, women are actually being overdiagnosed and overtreated or misdiagnosed and mistreated. But for Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, women are largely being underdiagnosed and mistreated. So another problem is that in medical training, we're taught only to use one test, the TSH, and only further check if that is frankly abnormal. But there is a host of other labs that should be checked and that your doctor isn't necessarily checking for. And if you go in and don't know about them, you won't be checked for, or even if you do know about them, but have trouble speaking up to your doctor or your doctor's dismissive or refuses to check them, then you won't get the proper testing. So I'm not going to talk about those today, but I do talk about them in another episode of my podcast on what thyroid labs you should get checked and over at my website, avivaram.com, where I have a whole new section just on energy, adrenal, and thyroid. So you can make, you can find it really easily. I've just launched my new website. I'm so excited about it. And um, it's still in process. If you're listening to this in real time, when it's been launched by the next few weeks, the kinks and bugs should be worked out, but it is working beautifully. And you can also just search in the search box for thyroid labs, and that'll pull it up really easily for you. And I'll, of course, put the links below this episode so you can find it really easily. So who should get thyroid testing and why is it important to know about this? Well, certainly any woman who is struggling with any of the symptoms I've talked about or that you can learn more about over in um, do you have a thyroid problem, uh, the symptoms list in a blog that I'll post for you at the end of this episode as well, at the bottom of the, episode, uh, the, bottom of the page with the episode. But if you have any of the symptoms I've talked about f- 
chronic fatigue, not chronic fatigue syndrome, but that too. But if you're really tired, more tired than you think you should be, if you've been gaining weight or not losing it, no matter what you've done, you really haven't changed your diet. If you've been under significant stress and you're noticing more fatigue or more weight gain, losing hair, dry skin, constipation in the setting of these other symptoms, carpal tunnel syndrome or chronic tendon problems or joint aches and pains, good reason to have your thyroid checked out. If you have high cholesterol, if you've been having fertility challenges or challenges with miscarriage, definitely get a full, complete thyroid panel. If you have a history of postpartum depression or if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, all important reasons. And then check the list for the other symptoms I have. Does every woman need to get her thyroid checked? No, I don't recommend every woman getting her thyroid checked until you're maybe over 40. And then it's good to kind of get a baseline and then check maybe every five years to have your thyroid levels check to make sure they're staying normal because they can start to go down with age. A little bit of that is normal, but it shouldn't go down too much. And then also all women who are pregnant and then all women who are struggling at all with fatigue or postpartum depression or anxiety should absolutely have your thyroid checked. And what you want to get checked when you're pregnant is not just the TSH, but the TPO antibodies and same with postpartum. Now in my practice, all women who are struggling with any of those symptoms, I check the TSH, thyroid antibodies, free T3 and free T4 right out of the gate. And if they're under a significant amount of stress or struggling with adrenal symptoms, I also check a reverse T3. I talk about this extensively in my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, a proven four-week program to rescue your metabolism, hormones, mind, and mood, which you can get your copy at the link below this podcast. And certainly in my blogs, and it's again, Thyroid Awareness Month. And I think that um, we need to bring thyroid awareness to the physicians who are seeing women, to internal medicine specialists, to endocrinologists, to family doctors, to obstetricians and gynecologists, because they are grossly underaware of the impact that Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism are having on women. They're also not taught, we are not taught in medical school to look for the root causes. So even if you go to your physician and you get a good diagnosis, you are not going to have somebody evaluating what is causing this. Why are so many women having Hashimoto's? Why are so many women experiencing low thyroid? I'm going to leave you with that as a little bit of a cliffhanger for upcoming episodes and for my book, and which I hope you'll get a copy of, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution. I'm really excited about this book because it's not just for women who have a known thyroid problem or if you think you're struggling with what's commonly called adrenal fatigue, and I talk a lot about what that means in the book. But it's for you if you want to protect your hormonal health, if you want to improve your mood and your mind and keep your mind healthy for the long run, if you want to keep your metabolism healthy, which isn't just your weight, but it's how your body's using energy and storing fat. So it's important for preventing and reversing insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, diabetes, high cholesterol. And it's important just for learning how to replenish ourselves because one of the reasons that we often end up with this constellation of adrenal deficits and thyroid deficits is so many of us are running on empty. We're just doing and being more and giving more all the time without taking care of ourselves. Because that's another thing that we've been taught from a young age. Very few of us had 
had moms or women role models who really taught us it was okay to take care of ourselves. We're taught to give and give and give. But if you think about just going and going and going on a gas tank, eventually it reaches the empty line and then you start to burn out the engine. And that's what we're really seeing because your thyroid is your body's metabolic engine. And that metabolic engine has to stay nourished and replenished and cared for. And this book is for all women who want to learn to do that. I hope this Thyroid 101 has been really helpful for you. If it has, please drop a comment over on iTunes because iTunes loves to hear from you. And when iTunes hears from you, it makes sure other women hear about the importance of what we're talking about today, which is thyroid health. So a month of awareness dedicated to one organ tells us this is a pretty important part of our body to be aware of. I hope this has raised your thyroid awareness. And let me hear from you in the comments so I can know what specifics you want to hear about thyroid so I can bring you more in this podcast and bring you more over on my website. Looking forward to seeing you in the comments section. Lots of love and happy new year. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.